You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, on today's Locked On Nationals podcast, guys, it is a continuation of my conversation with Connor Jones. Uh, We were discussing the Padres on the last episode, last night's episode, on Wednesday's edition here of the Locked On Nationals podcast. We're going to talk some Nats. What can the Nats do now that they've acquired Josh Bell to get better? What do we think that they're going to do next? And what kinds of moves could they make? Could they send some players out? Who should they take in? How should they acquire them? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Nationals podcast. All right, let's move on to some Nats talk here. Not a whole lot happening uh, after that Josh Bell trade. Obviously, he was um, over the weekend, over the course of the weekend, I believe he was introduced. You know, and and you and I were able to talk about, uh, you know, Josh Bell from the perspective of what, what they want from him, what they're trying to get from him. And I think a couple things that we didn't really hit on. One, having Josh Harrison there, that's the first thing I want to ask you about. I think we overlooked that. I think the fact that 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 Josh Bell is going to have another Josh and uh, somebody he, more importantly, somebody he played baseball with in the past, I think that's going to be something that's really important. And also, too, not sure if you saw his comments, Connor, about wanting to get involved with the community. Love to see that. Um, and talking about Josh Harrison and, and trying to figure out ways that he could get involved with the Nationals community. Uh, that, to me, I was very much impressed by. Yeah, I actually didn't see that, but I think that's a great thing to see. And it seems like he's a guy that's that's really excited to to join this franchise, which is in, important and I think can help him bounce back. Josh Josh Harrison, I know you touched on him for just a minute there, but he's somebody that is great for the clubhouse and they need some of those guys after losing Adam Eaton and after losing Howie Kendrick, having a guy like Josh Harrison that's been around, can play different positions for you and is an all-around leader is very important. And, and I think he, as soon as he joined the team last year, he fit right in. And I, for one, am certainly happy to have him, have him back. Bell's acquisition, I don't think is going to impact Harrison on the field as much just because Harrison's going to bounce around for you all over. Yeah. I just been more of having him there just to kind of be, you know, somebody he's played baseball with before just to, you know, to have that guy there. That's, that's important. You know, it's going to help acclimating a, a bit faster, I think. Yeah. And not only that he's played with him, but that it's a veteran guy that he's played with that that's known to be a leader wherever he is mm-hmm. and a great clubhouse presence. So he's going to help not only Josh Bell, but anybody that comes in, but even more so Bell, somebody that's that he's played with before in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and just another quick question before we you know, kind of move on from Josh Bell and look ahead. You know, do you feel any differently about the trade now? You had a couple of days to sit on it. It was funny, Connor. Actually, Arm Layden of the Lockdown Marlins Lockdown Prospects hit me up and he was like, I don't like this trade for the Nats. Um, and he's a guy who's pretty high on Eddie Yeen. And I think the problem, the problem I have with that perspective, look, this is just not, not us just being homers. Because, look, we did say about the Chris Bryant trade, don't give up stuff if you don't have to. This was much less of a haul. Like, we saw Will Crow and he could go off and be good. But I saw enough Will Crow to say, look, I'm comfortable with giving him up. I have not seen Eddie Yeen yet. But when I look at the Nets farm system, they've got so many, many arms stacked up. As long as they didn't give up one of the elite guys, like, like I, I think we all just think of Cavalli and Rutledge, the two that we are, or, and Cole Henry are also the three guys I would not want to see go. 
as long as you didn't give up those guys, I'm fine with the deal. And they also, the thing with it here is the Nats addressed a need, a big need, especially now that there's no Howie and Zim's future. We're still kind of a little, a little bit up in the air. I'm fine with what they gave up here. Even if Yeen's going to be really good, that's fine. This is why you stockpile guys like this in your farm system, in my opinion. They one, I'll start off by giving you another FP Santangelo quote here. Prospects are good, but parades are better. Yeah. And I think that's how Mike Rizzo <laughs> is running this team. And, yep. and I'm not sure that that's really how things work down there in Miami. Um, yeah. Second of all, <laughs> Josh Bell is a guy that let – me, let me do the math here really quickly. He had 77 extra base hits in 2019 and 116 runs driven in. So it's, they got a guy that had that number of extra base hits just in the last full season of Major League Baseball for Will Crow, who's probably a mid-back-of-the-rotation starter, and Eddie Yin, who's 19 years old. So the way I look at it is that's it's a classic Rizzo trade where if you're high on Eddie Yin, I mean, he may turn into an all-star for all we know. Yeah. That, that may very well be true. But to your original point, they have some starting pitching prospects that are older further along and are really the guys they're trying to hold on to. And they were able to do that while also getting a middle of the order hitter. It's they have to, they have to fill some of these holes. And I think that's really the only way they could do it was to make a deal like they did. Yeah. And the Chris Bryant deal, what makes that one different is that KB is a guy that's under contract for one more year, Right it's a higher dollar figure and having to extend him as an issue. The, the, the high point about Josh Bell is the fact that it's, I mean, his contract's not that high. We talked about it. You know, he's, he's going to make less money this season than Jan Gomes is going to make. And you have an extra year of team control. So, you know, I, I didn't want to because I think the one thing I was thinking about over the weekend, Connor was, you know, seeing hypocritical and saying, well, you shouldn't trade for a guy and give up, you know, give up uh, assets to go and get a hitter when there's some available in free agency. I, what I really meant is don't give up those kind of guys, you know, top tier guys to get that kind of player in return who you don't have control of. I think Josh Bell, if things go well and he has some good years in his career here, there's impetus for him to re-sign with the Nationals to stay here if, if he likes what he's doing, you know, if he likes the city and enjoys the fit. And even if they don't, it's two years. It's not one year, and the extension was going to be a whole heck of a lot of money, which Chris Bryant's going to get. That's the difference between Josh Bell trade and a Chris Bryant trade here. I think that the control and the, the capital that you have to give up to get the guy and then the financial capital on the back end to extend the guy, it's two completely different situations here. And that's why I'm much more, I'm, uh, much more comfortable with trading for a guy like Bell as opposed to trading for a guy like a Bryant. All of that and trading for Josh Bell gives you the guy that's out hit Chris Bryan each of the last two years. So <laughs> I, I it, it makes total sense to me. Right. I, the Chris Bryant trade, I came on here and said it never made sense mm-hmm. for the Nats to did. go out and acquire did, yeah. him. Yeah, it's just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Josh the Josh Bell trade financially and prospect capital wise makes total sense. And I really don't think they get they mortgaged a whole lot because personally I never really saw Will Crow being a major factor in the five-man rotation that's mm-hmm. when you look at how the Nats have done things historically it's been tough for for starting pitching prospects that aren't necessarily the top of the line guys in the organization 
to break into that rotation just because of their, their win now mindset. And then the way they've gone out and spent money in free agency to plug those holes in the rotation. So it's been tough for guys to come in and, and, and earn a job or to be able to work through struggles early in their career and earn a spot in the rotation. So I think the way that this organization is structured and how they, they try and compete, making a trade for bell gives them the opportunity to fill a major need without mortgaging their, their financial situation. And then their prospect capital going forward. Today's edition of the locked on nationals podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Are you guys ready for some football? It is college football bowl season. Uh, Bowls are happening as we are speaking right now. The NFL is in the home stretch final week of the season. The NBA just got fired up. And there is only one place that has you covered for all of it. And one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. And use that promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. You got NFL games of the week here in week 17. You got college football bowl games, a playoff coming up. New Year's Six are all coming your way right now. MLB future bets available as well there too. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Show today is also brought to you by BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off on your next purchase. You guys know the deal. They've got 18 flavors over there. Six new flavors. They've got the 12 original. Six uh, with nut. Six without nut. They are also, they're Built Go. They're Built Boost. Plenty of products over there to help you guys get through today. Get through your workouts. Delicious treats as well. So check out Built Bar. Once again, Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, for 20% off on your next purchase. Also, you have a chance to win a free cooler while supplies last. So once again, head over there to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Also check out the Locked On Bets podcast. It's a new podcast from Locked On Podcast Network. You can check that out wherever you get your podcast from. All right, now on to the rest of my conversation with Connor about what's next for the Nationals this offseason. Uh, let's take a, let's spin it forward here and think about, okay, you got Josh Bell now. What's next, right? What is next for this Nationals team? What do you say? And, and Mike Rizzo said, look, we're not done. Uh, and, nor, and nor should they be done, right? This is, this is an incomplete roster. They still have the starting pitching spot to fill. They still have the outfield to fill. And they still have potentially – a catching spot to fill depending on what they do here. So I want to know, Connor, where are you looking next for the Nats to take care of business, to get something done, to get a guy in? I'm looking at catcher to see what direction they're going to go there. Looking into some of the needs that they have and the money that they have to fill them, it, it may be most likely that they sign someone like a Tyler Flowers to that, to uh, that position rather than a JT real Muto to give them more resources to fill that fourth starter spot and right field and, and everything else that they may need to do. So I think that's something that you could see um, sooner rather than later. And by that, I mean, sooner in MLB off season terms. So maybe not that soon at all, but maybe yeah, sooner even, than even middle see March. Those. Yeah. So yeah, maybe like immediately before spring training. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I think that's something that, that you need to see because whether they are whether they sign a, a Flowers or 
we'll look at these two candidates for for With example's sake whether they sign flowers or real muta will show you kind of the resources that they're going to have to fill those other holes What's interesting on the Real Muto front is that, you know, the Phillies, according, according to John Heyman, it's still a priority for them as it should be. And they've made him an offer, which was funny because I saw on NBC Sports Philadelphia a few years ago, they said that, that the Phillies had not made an offer yet. Um, the Phillies have made an offer. They have not yet heard on, on kind of his thoughts. And um, look, I'm sure it's, you know, if it's an initial offer, there's going to be some haggling there and we're going to see what happens. But yeah, I don't know if JT Romuto is going to be, uh, you know, a guy that we're going to see. But once again, like the Tyler Flowers, like you mentioned, you know, that, that kind of guy is still available. We heard the Nats flirtations with a guy like, you know, a Yadier Molina, uh, somebody that's out there, you know, right now too. So, um, you know, the, the Nats have the ability to make both long-term and short-term commitments of that position. But Connor, I think you're right. I think we're going to end up seeing kind of a shorter-term commitment at that catcher spot here in the near future. I don't think it's going to be a JT Real Muto. I think once again, the nationals are more apt to take that holistic uh, view and do things like the, the bell trade and, and bringing in a guy like a Josh bell, uh, excuse me, uh, and bringing in a guy like a Tyler flowers that you had mentioned, right. Kind of plugging and placing, not saying these are bargain bin guys, you know, a bunch of bums they're getting, but uh, you know, be a bit more frugal, and uh, allow yourself a bit more flexibility to fill all of those gaps. Yeah, and they're just they're a team that they have the the money available to fill these needs, but they just they have a lot of needs compared yes. to maybe some other some other teams in the National League that are also trying to compete in the national and for the for the pennant mm-hmm. next year. So they have a lot of different directions they could go because they have to find they have to find a corner outfielder, whether it be you're going to move Soto to right or you're going to sign somebody or trade for somebody and put them in right. So we know they're going to do that. I think that they're they're in the mix for maybe a third baseman if they decide to go that route and catcher as well, not to mention the the starting pitching need and then the need for a left-handed reliever too. So they it's going to be a busy winter. It's just a matter of kind of when they get down to, to making more of those moves. Well, and, and the markets on these things are all slow. Um, but yeah, the, the MLB offseason, super exciting. Super exciting. You know, of course, the, 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 the Padres couldn't spread out their moves, Connor. They had to make all of their moves in a 24-hour span. So they make it very challenging. You know, as opposed to giving us a bunch of stories throughout the, you know, a couple of weeks or so, we get a few stories in one shorter period of time, and it makes it harder to do. But I, I want to touch on something you just said. You know, them being potentially the market for a third baseman and then also them talking to DJ LeMayhew, it, it makes me think that a lot of the fielding stuff is just a lot more fluid. They're really concerned about bats, right? I, I think with, with the kind of stuff that you read and the guy, you know, the fact that they floated the Chris Bryant trade, right? The fact they're talking to DJ LeMayhew as a second baseman, uh, you know, JT Romuto, they are trading for Josh Bell, the concern is bats. The concern is the lineup. And it seems like the fielding stuff, they're like, yeah, we'll just take care of that later. We'll, you know, like, like we'll, we'll address that when time, the time comes. The focus right now is because, like you said, yes, they have more holes than, than a, a regular team to fill. But the, the kind of the trump card for them is the fact that they have Turner and they have Soto, right? So while you might have more gaps, you also have two of the best 10 players in the National League you know, on, on your team. And so that kind of makes filling the holes more 
pressing because you want to surround them with a good, you know, have a good team, but also too, you have two of the best 10 players in the national league. Yeah. The, the fielding thing, I think they do want to address that. The hard part about that is that a lot of the fielding problems are related to players that are still there. So they can't really (laughs) like, like they can't fix the center field defense without Victor Robles just flat out playing better next year. Like he's going to be there most likely being your center fielder again. So you need to get him back to the 2019 version of himself. And then Adam Eaton really struggled out in right field. So, I mean, obviously he's not there, so you're going to have somebody else there and hopefully that will, will fix that problem a little bit. It's just the problems were so they were all the way around where it's just like, it's, it's not, it's not simple to, to slide in Anthony Rendon and have a great offensive player right. and a great defensive player and, and, and fix those problems. So I think it's important to them. It's just so much of it comes down to guys that they, they already had there in 2020 that are going to be back just straight up playing better. Yeah, well, I just mean more from the sense of, like, the, where where guys are going to play, right? Like, if you get DJ, DJ LeMayhew, figuring out where Stalin Castro is going to play is, like, just a formality. You, you know what I mean? Like, those two guys both have to be in your lineup if, if you yeah. were to get a guy like LeMayhew. Yeah, so they, they, they have some defensive versatility in the right. infield where guys can play different spots. So, like, if you did get LeMayhew, Starlin can play third. If you don't... You, if you go out and get another for third baseman, Starling can play second. So they are fortunate to, to have that flexibility to allow them to find the best fit rather than needing to find somebody that maybe specifically plays second or specifically plays third if that guy helps the offense. Do you think the Nats should consider trading Keyboom? It seems like a lot of teams have interest in him. It seems like a lot of teams quietly are just thinking about, hmm, the Nats might not be satisfied with this guy, that position – and he's a young guy still. He's still a good prospect. Maybe somebody that we could go and scoop up. What, what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm reading a lot of – like you read pieces about the Nats, and there's a whole lot of should our team trade for this guy? And I just want to know your thoughts on this. Just kind of a fun off-season idea to kick around here. I would definitely consider it. I don't think they are – I don't think they're satisfied with Carter Keeboom at all. <laughs> I think I think Davey Martinez comments about the job's yours, except you like you need to go out there and earn it. That kind of that comment there just kind of shows how they feel about his play. I mean, he's just he's just struggled since they've at the major league level since they called him up, and it's not like he's had a ton of plate appearances. He's had 165 in his career. Well, that's the problem. I, I think they just to interject. I mean, they, they did mismanage that last year. The whole like the position's yours, and then playing and then playing Estrubo Cabrera there way too much, then sending Kibu down, bringing him back up like that was botched. That that was botched yeah. in my opinion. They're just it's with an organization that's constantly trying to win. It's just, the patience level is not there. They will not work through. I mean, if they if Kibum struggles, they're the defending champions, and obviously the season didn't go the way they planned. But they're going to throw in the next guy that they think can do it. They didn't they, give a chance not, though. Is my problem. I mean, they, they didn't give him a fair there's shot. There's not a whole lot of time. I mean, we've yeah, seen no, it with I know. We saw with Michael A. Taylor his career with Washington. It's like you go up there and and you struggle for a little bit. They're gonna they're gonna pull the cl- the plug pretty quickly and go find somebody that they think can do the job. And I think with Keyboom and with Victor Robles, that's they those two guys have to take a big step forward this year. But I would consider trading him for a proven player just because if he's somebody that that you need to be patient with, I'm not sure that that they're really gonna be willing to do it. All right, perfect, Connor. It's good stuff. Um, I mean, hopefully we get some more news, right? I mean, we're, we're sitting here kind of just hoping and wishing we're going to get more. And 
I, I think every single time a shoe drops in terms of news, we're like, is this the is this the movement? Are, are we going to turn the faucet on? Right? Is the frozen waterfall now going to break? And is is the water going to come rushing out? Are we going to be able to to kind of get moving in the off season? And usually the answer is a no. So yeah, uh, yeah. To touch on my like what I was saying earlier, the MLB off season can be extremely boring. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we get some of those moves soon. Buckle in, folks. Buckle in. Uh, one thing I want to mention, Connor, is that you and I, at some point in time, as, as soon as we get all these moves sorted out, uh, you and I are going to be doing our Nats draft. You and I talked about it some. But uh, I, I, while I have you on, I think I just wanted to set the rules here how, how, and, and get you to check off on this. I was thinking, what should our criteria be for a Nationals draft? Should the player have to, have to play a full season for us to draft him? Like, you know, I'm going to have a team, you're going to have a team. Is the guy going to have to give a Nats a full season, two seasons? What do you think the criteria should be? I'd say a full season is the criteria. I think in the vast majority of cases, we're going to be drafting people that had, that were with the team for multiple years. The question, the question I have for you is with that draft, are we going, are we talking about guys at their Nats peak or are we talking about their holistic? Their Nats peak, their Nats peak. Okay. Okay. So when they were their best. The Nats, yeah, the, the list, that shortens the list. I'm not saying, you know, a bunch of guys sucked with the Nats, but that does shorten the list just a little bit. Yeah, I was, the reason I was asking that is because there could be somebody like Ryan Zimmerman whose holistic contributions, obviously he had a really, a really strong peak with right. the Nats, but his holistic contributions would would outweigh even what he was at his peak. Yes. Compared to somebody else where a Daniel Murphy was right. amazing at his peak for the Nats, but he was not with the franchise right. very long. So these are, these are players. You know, we're not going to count expos. We're going to count guys who are nationals. And then one, we're, one day we're going to do the fielding. One day we're going to do the pitching. So I think that's just the easiest way to do it. And we're going to build. I, I'm trying to think here. Rotation-wise, we can do a full, full five pitchers in the rotation. And then, uh, and then I guess, you know what? We'll do three or four relievers. That's fair. Yeah, we can do a full five at the rotation. I mean, starting pitching has been such a, a strength of the franchise for the last decade that I think that's a, a full rotation is a good thing to do. And on the other hand, relief has not been a strength of the franchise. That one's going to be – that's going to be decade. tough. It's, it's so, going to be a whole lot of guys who pitch the Nationals and end up pitching a lot better somewhere else. That's kind of going to be the thing with that one, I feel like. It's going to be tough to find guys. <laughs> Yeah. Wander Suero is going to be on somebody's just, gonna be coming just out like somebody's pen. Just, just like it's been for Mike Rizzo, it's going to be tough to fill out those bullets. <laughs> yeah. All right, Connor, we always appreciate your time here joining us on Locked on Nationals.